The heat wave persists across France and Spain. The heat peaked on Friday when the French all-time record was broken. 45.9 Celsius was recorded. How 130-year-old weather records are contributing to climate science. There is a huge amount of data held within these which we feel has a lot of scientific value. And what does it actually feel like when you're in a plane and that plane gets struck by lightning? It's almost like somebody hitting the side of the hitting the side of your car with a baseball bat. It's that sort of bang. It's Thursday, the 4th of July, and you're listening to Weather Snap from the Met Office. Hello, I'm Claire Nazir, and you're listening to Weather Snap, an insider's guide to the week's weather brought to you direct from Met Office HQ. The all-time French temperature record was broken last week in southeast France, with many local stations also smashing records. But why did this heat get so intense? Here's Ada McGibbon with the latest from Western Europe and other parts of the world where it's not about heat, but about the rain. Last week's heatwave broke records not just in France, but across Europe. June temperature records were broken on Wednesday in Germany, Poland and the Czech Republic. But the heat peaked on Friday when the French all-time record was broken. 45.9 Celsius was recorded in the small village of Galag-le-Montieu in southern France, beating the previous record from 2003 by 1.8 degrees. A rapid attribution study by climate scientists at World Weather Attribution found that last week's heatwave will occur at least five times more frequently today compared to a century ago due to human-induced climate change. Meanwhile, elsewhere in the world, more than one million people have been forced to evacuate the Japanese island of Kyushu because of fears of landslides and floods due to heavy seasonal rains. A stationary weather front separating Arctic air to the north from tropical air to the south, not uncommon at this time of year, will continue to bring some wet weather to the far south of Japan and central China during the next few days. Large parts of India, southern Bangladesh and western Myanmar are expected to see in excess of 200 millimetres of rainfall. Finally, it's not often you see a major hurricane and a total solar eclipse in the same satellite image. But that's exactly what was spotted from the weather satellites orbiting the planet earlier this week. The stunning image of Hurricane Barbara in the eastern Pacific was spotted at the same time that the shadow of the moon crossed the South Pacific. And this imagery can be found on the Met Office Twitter and Instagram feeds. This week, scientists have gathered in Birmingham, UK for the 2019 Atmospheric Science Conference. One conference speaker is Mike Kendon from the Met Office National Climate Information Centre. Before he set off, I caught up with him to find out more about the work of the Information Centre and how old weather records are playing a new role in climate science. You're holding a very old book in your hands. Tell me about it. I am, yes. So this is a copy of Simmons' British Rainfall from 1884. Our library and archive hold these publications from 1860 to 1868. These are marvellous publications of very detailed historical rainfall and there is a huge amount of data held within these which we feel has a lot of scientific value. So how are you using that data and why is it relevant to the study of weather and climate today? We are generating gridded data sets for the UK that we use to monitor 
long-term trends and variability in UK climate. For the first time, we have digitised this data and run this through our software, which is unlocking the potential of this data to be used for us to understand that question of what is happening to the UK's climate, what has happened historically. So it's almost like a missing piece? Well, it's a major extra contribution, and I would hope that George Simmons, who was the founder of British Rainfall Organisation, and who was um, the man who set up these series of publications in the first place, I would hope he would approve of what we are doing in using this in relevant science for the 21st century. Now, you're speaking at the Atmospheric Science Conference in Birmingham this week, and you're talking about a report called the State of Climate Report 2018. What's your core messaging? Our State of UK Climate Report is an up-to-date report which looks at the latest year in the context of the most recent 10-year period, long-term averages and the full climate record. What we have found when we look at that is that the UK's climate is warming and all top 10 warmest years for the UK in a series from 1884 to date have occurred since 2002 and it is consistent with what we see with the globe warming generally. So this book that Simmons wrote isn't a one-off, there's others in the archive? This is um, one series that we have digitised and used for our gridding, but there is a huge amount of historical paper records of weather observations which are yet to be digitised. These will include a wealth of information about historical climate extremes that have happened. The more historical data that we have, the better we understand the variability of the UK's climate. Mike Hendon, thank you very much. Thank you. This week on our Mostly Weather Met Office podcast, the panel chat to a defence and commercial pilot who has clocked up 21,000 hours of flying over 40 years. The conversation is a great insight into the kind of weather a pilot experiences at 40,000 feet. Our pilot, Steve, begins by talking about the challenges before the plane has even taken off. Blue sky day is always nice to fly. We don't always get that. Uh, we have to deal with such things as uh, fog, icing, local weather phenomena such as heavy rainstorms. They've all got to be taken into account. Steve goes on to talk about rerouting due to violent weather. Sometimes storms can be very close and lightning even closer. We always, when we get a lightning strike, it's, you get a big flash and it's almost like somebody hitting the, side of the, hitting the side of the car with a baseball bat. It's that sort of bang. So it makes you jump. It gets, it gets your attention. And then there's the weather challenges associated with landing an aircraft. When landing in absolute limits of low visibility, you don't actually see the runway until the main wheels touch oh the ground. <laughs> so you, you come down and literally the aircraft counts down 50, 30, 20, 10 feet. You see it going into the flare. You feel the touchdown, at that moment, you'll see the first runway light. One of the strangest weather phenomena that can unnerve trainee pilots is something called St Elmo's Fire. Probably the most spectacular version of it was on my military type of aircraft when I was flying in the military. We had a refuelling probe on the front of the aircraft, and it would start on the refuelling probe, and it would come back like a spider's web to the right. front of the aircraft, and it was purple. And we used to get people up on the flight deck, and I mean, we're talking troops and things, they'd come up, take one look at it and run off, because yeah. it, looks, it looks horrible. But it's... But, I mean, this used to... The full version of this Mostly Weather podcast is available to listen to now. We mentioned St Elmo's fire there, but what exactly is it? 
Here's Martin Bowles with a quick explanation. Imagine yourself gazing out of a window at night during a thunderstorm. Suddenly, across the street, you spot a lamppost engulfed in eerie blue flames. In fact, this isn't lightning or flames. This is a rare weather phenomenon known as St. Elmo's Fire. St. Elmo's Fire often appears as a blue glow attached to pointed objects. For example, the mast of a ship, the tip of an aeroplane wing, or the steeple of a church. And, rather like lightning, it happens during storms when strong electrical charges develop in the air. Early observers of this phenomenon, mostly sailors on the high seas during thunderstorms, took comfort in the sudden glow that appeared at the top of the mast. They attributed the glow to Saint Elmo, or Saint Erasmus, who was the patron saint of Mediterranean sailors. They believed the fire was a sign of salvation, since it often happened towards the end of a storm. As with all electrical phenomena, St. Elmo's fire is about static electricity, when electrons become highly charged. The air then becomes energized and emits sparks of light. St. Elmo's fire takes place on a much smaller scale to lightning in a storm cloud, but where there is also a significant imbalance in electrical charge between the air and an adjacent structure. When this voltage is high enough, around 30,000 volts per centimetre of space, the charged object will suddenly discharge its electrical energy. The reason why St. Elmo's fire occurs most often on pointed objects is that tapered surfaces will discharge at lower voltage levels. And, as air molecules tear apart, they emit that famous eerie blue light. From spikes in electricity to spikes in temperature, it looks like the heat is building again across southern England and Wales. Here's Alex Deacon. There's nothing too dramatic about the weather over the next few days. There is a weather front pushing south over the weekend, and that will introduce something a bit cooler eventually. But as it moves south on Saturday, ahead of it, it'll still be pretty warm across the south. On the weather front itself, maybe a little bit of drizzly rain early on, but that fizzles out. So for most places, it looks dry on Saturday, but turning cooler from the north. Sunday, we're all in the fresher air, but again, most places set fair dry and fine with sunny spells and temperatures in the high teens or the low 20s. Nothing too dramatic, even as we go into next week. It looks like largely staying settled across the south with high pressure in charge. Further north, a greater chance for the early part of next week of seeing some showery rain. And now with another electrifying performance, it's Martin Bowles again with last week's highs and lows. Thanks, Claire. Well, I'm not sure about electrifying, but some of these figures are pretty sizzling. Here are your weekly extremes from Monday the 24th of June to Sunday the 30th of June. The highest maximum occurred last week on Saturday the 29th of June, when both North Holt and Heathrow recorded a temperature of 34 Celsius, making it the hottest day of the year so far. The coldest night was in Braemar in the Highlands, which had a minima during the early hours of Wednesday morning of just 1.3 Celsius. The highest daily rainfall was recorded on Monday the 24th of June in Edinburgh, where 44.4 millimetres of rain was recorded. And Kinloss in Moray clocked up 17 hours of sunshine on Thursday the 27th of June. Thanks Martin. 
That's it for Weathersnap. I'm Claire Nazir. This week's producer was Adrian Holloway. Do join us again next time as we take a closer look at the week's weather. Weathersnap is a podcast by the UK Met Office.